Welcome to the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast, where we help you answer today's most important health and wellness question. Is your sleep making you tired? I'm your host, Tara Clancy. Join me each week for the stories, the science, and the solutions to help you banish counterfeit sleep and have more energy, increased productivity, and a reflection in the mirror you love. Go ahead and subscribe and you'll get each new episode as soon as it goes live. If your sleep is making you tired, it's time to change that and get back to being you. The Counterfeit Sleep Podcast, Season 1, Episode 31. If you've been listening to the business reports or even the nightly news, you've heard that there's a labor shortage. Interestingly, when I looked in the quarterly economics briefing for quarter two, it noted that it is a perceived labor shortage, really just a reflection of COVID-related changes in two areas. Number one, the labor supply, and number two, the market re-equilibration caused by the rapid rebound of demand for labor, right, as businesses reopened there was just a real big increase in the demand for labor. And if we look further at the labor supply uh, component, the briefing states, quote, during the pandemic, labor force participation declined most sharply for women with families and for workers over 55. So let's look at the women's labor force participation for a moment. It is expected to increase by the end of this year. And that makes sense because, for example, more kids are back at school, leaving women with fewer family responsibilities, at least in theory, as I'm sure the moms who are listening would agree. But back to the labor supply and our second group, the workers over 55, Can we expect the same increase in this group? No. And why is that? Simply because the shortage of workers over 55 was not a result of the more temporary reason like family responsibilities. No, the labor shortage for workers over 55 came about because there was a wave of early retirements in this population. So what does this labor shortage mean for you if you're the chief talent officer or any member of the C-suite for that matter? It means top talent recruitment will be more difficult than ever. And my guess is you know that already. So the question is, what can you do to get the ROI you need for your recruitment efforts? To give you the insights you need, we welcome Bill Humbert to the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast. Bill is an expert recruiter with 40 years of recruiting experience. He understands both sides of the desk as a recruiter and as a career coach. In this episode, Bill shares why abandoning talent acquisition and embracing talent attraction is the key to reducing turnover and retaining top talent. Bill also gives you the skinny on why mirroring the sales process in your talent attraction process yields maximum ROI. 
Bill offers a very unique perspective that will benefit anyone who relies on employees for business success and for anyone who is an employee. Listen and learn why talent acquisition leads to workforce turnover, how talent attraction grows your future leadership pool, and what the sales process teaches you about hiring, onboarding, and retention of top talent. Let's listen in now. Hello, Bill, and welcome to the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast. Tara, thank you for having me. It's so much fun being here. Well, thanks. I'm really excited for our conversation today, too. You know, as, as I think anybody who has looked at a newspaper or listened to, uh, you know, a, a radio broadcast, we know that the work world is in a state of flux, I, I think, like never before, right, with with people coming up short, trying to get employees, having no success and having major impact on businesses as a result of, of that shortage. And so I think uh, you, Bill, with your expertise and, and long background in HR, I mean, you're the recruiter guy, right? So I think you will have tremendous insights to share with us about, you know, really looking at what's going on and, of course, what we can do about it, because a lot of our uh, listeners would be people who are running businesses, right? And, uh, you know, I think you I think you'll offer some really great stuff. So can you can you help us out a little bit and get us started here? What 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 do you see um, about what's going on and when where do you think we should, uh, you know, t- focus our efforts, really? Well, you know, for me, I've been a recruiter since 1981, so 40 years now, and I've mostly been a third party recruiter, which means I don't belong to a company. I'm on the outside looking in. Mm-hmm. And when I look in, I see things that scare, well, they don't really scare me, but it's just, oh my gosh, I can't believe they're doing that. And, and so companies take recruiting and they look at it from the wrong side. So what do you mean by that? Because I know, you know, talent acquisition is a really important part of, of any company, right? Because you need to get the people that can do the job to the level that you need it done. You need to be building your future leadership pool as well. So, so tell a little more what you mean by that. Tara, here's the problem. Talent acquisition is the wrong way to look at attracting the right people. I call it talent attraction. Hmm. And so talent acquisition is going out and trying to rake up all these candidates and then put them in your applicant tracking system, never to see them again. Talent attraction is to create a culture where people want to come to work for you, especially the top talent. Hmm. And by treating them well, then you will attract them as opposed to the talent acquisition where you put a poor job description out there and then you measure their resume against the poor job description and you screen probably really good candidates out. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, even just the two words themselves have such a different feel for the uh, lack of a better term, but certainly when you require something, you know, it's, it's uh, a much more, in my mind, it has a much more mechanical, much less involved, you know, kind of feel to it. But 
attraction. That's a completely different animal. Yeah, it is. It is. And so with my clients, what I do is I try to get them away from those applicant tracking systems, understanding that they're important for the administrative function of recruiting. They're terrible for the sales function of recruiting. Now, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because I do recall you talking about the sales function of recruiting and it's almost, it almost sounds like an anomaly, but I know it's really something that you have really spent a lot of time developing to help people uh, attract better talent. So tell us a little more about that. Well, when you look at the sales process, the sales process is here, the talent attraction process is here. They mirror each other perfectly all Mm. the way through, all 13 steps, all the way to talent retention. Okay. And most companies don't put retention in the the sales or in the attraction side of things, but they're one and the same and it has to be treated that way. So when you say, you know, they're one and the same, Talk about that a little bit, especially like you said, if most companies are not realizing that it's part of it. Describe that for us. So the first step in sales is to identify a need to be that needs to be filled. And so in your podcast, you're talking about the need for a better sleep. Well, in the recruiting world, it's for a newer replacement position then you create a solution to that need to answer that need and in the recruiting world that's the job description now this is a fundamental piece of recruiting because when you get the job description right everything falls into place Hmm. but if you just throw a job description out there that really doesn't discuss the job yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It almost sounds to me, uh, it's, it's bringing up the idea of, of having the right messaging, right? Said that if, if, you, if, if you're trying to sell a product, say, and you don't put the, the right message out there, people uh, won't be attracted to it because they don't really get what it is. And so I guess what you're saying is that that job description is really the most important thing because it's going to bring it's going to appeal to the person that you're hoping to attract if you've done it correctly and, and well, is that right? right? Exactly. You know, companies too often, what they do is they, they measure how many people reply to an opening. I don't care how many people, if only one person and they're the right person, that's all that matters. Right, right. Like in real estate, there's only one buyer for your house, right? That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very interesting. And, and tell us, um, when you say at, uh, like the last step being retention, um, tell us how that ties into that then. So, you know, think about this for a second. You have um, a company that has acquired through their acquisition process, some top talent. Do you want them to stay or do you want them to turn over? Right. You absolutely want them to stay. Yeah, exactly. And so how do you get them to stay? Thinking the Gallup survey um, in 2019 showed that only 36% of professionals are engaged in their job. Mm. 
Staggering. That means 64% are going to fly away, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. probably, or at least a good portion of them. And, and so I coach my clients in their job descriptions to create the three-month, six-month, nine-month, and 12-month goals. Candidates love that because now they know exactly how they're going to be measured. Interesting. And recruiters like it because I know exactly what I'm looking for now. Right, right. Hmm. And then yeah, that... one, the one final thing about that is that by definition, a goal setting and goal achieving employee is an engaged employee. Yeah. 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 It's like if you uh, give somebody the map of, uh, you know, the goal and a map to get there, you know, or the destination, I guess, if you give somebody the destination and you give them the map and what the milestones are going to be along the way, they have a much better chance of reaching that destination. And then metaphorically speaking, it sounds like you were saying the same thing, give them those goals along those, um, you know, month marks and so that they can see where they're supposed to be headed. So it makes perfect sense to me. I, I want to throw you a little curveball and ask you a sure. question uh, again, because we talk about sleep all the time here and, you know, going on, especially now in this pandemic, which has brought us into this upheaval in terms of, uh, you know, talent, uh, attraction and retention, um, I see sleep as being a big factor um, because with so many people struggling, we always, we always talk about here on, on the podcast about, um, you know, I use a cell phone analogy and I say, if you have a cell phone, what do you do with it at night? You plug it in so that the next day you have a full battery, a full charge. Right. But if you forget to, then before you know it, you're in low power mode and you're, you're scrambling to find a charger and apps aren't working and you have all this potential, but you can't access it. And so what I see now is the, the sleep problems that have been compounded by the pandemic are certainly, I think, an underlying cause of a lot of this upheaval because people just don't have the energy to bring forth to the challenges that are, are, you know, just to the ninth degree now, the nth degree, whatever you want to call it. So um, if you're talking about, you know, in the attraction process, that whole, that whole sales pro uh, you know, the um, talent attraction process, mirroring the sales process, wh- where do you think that attention to something like that, something so basic that doesn't happen in the workplace, but happens at home and yet has significant impact on what happens in the workplace. Where would that make sense in that, if it would, you know, in, in that whole process of, of uh, attracting talent? Well, Tara, think about this. People who have been laid off or people who've decided I'm not gonna be able to go any further in this company. Both of those groups of people go through all of the stages of grieving. And when you're going through the stages of grieving, one of the effects of it is not getting good night's sleep. And that lack of a good night's sleep can definitely impact your performance on an interview. Absolutely. Yeah, and then, then, the, it, it has that count compounding effect as well. And it, it's a downward spiral. 
uh, because not sleeping well can make your, um, you know, depression, your grief or whatever it is that much more significant as well. Um, so, yeah. So what do you think would, uh, like, do you think like for, for, for my, what I encourage, um, uh, leaders to do is to make a full assessment of, a of, a, you know, where a person is, what they kind of, where, where, where their strengths are and what their needs are just like you would normally do in onboarding. Um, to see what supports the employee might need, but to include sleep in there and, uh, you know, to be able to give that person the support if they need it. I mean, do you, do you think you agree with that? Do you have a different thought on that? Well, I would think that that would be important. I've honestly, I've never looked at it from that perspective, but I do know that, you know, if you're sleepy, you're not going to perform well. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) Yeah, or you'll spend all your time at the coffee machine. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And the coffee, you know, that it only goes so far, and then you sour your stomach, and now you got another problem. So right, and and it and it of course further impacts your sleep at night, makes it harder to get that connected sleep. Yeah, and and so let me ask you another question now. I I know you have a, a book that's coming out, and it focuses on a specific age population too which is one that historically has more, um, more defined sleep problems to begin with. Like for example, 50% of men are dealing with a hidden sleep problem. They have no idea. And of course that number, the older you get, uh, the, the more that becomes a reality for you. A high performance workforce starts with high performance sleep. Do you know how your workforce measures up? Find out today. Take the sleep performance assessment. Learn more at hypersleep.com. That's H-I-P-E-R sleep.com. Today's sponsor asks this important question. Have you done a mental health check today? Have you been feeling off? How long have you felt that way? Cindy Chosick is a speaker, ghostwriter, and author who connects the dots to the symptoms, solutions, and sound bites so we can help ourselves, our teams, and our loved ones. Learn more at GetSoConnected.com. So tell us a little bit about your book, um, you know, the age group and, um, and what the, um, you know, the focus of the book is. So my book, Tara, is Expect Success, the science of the over 50 career search. And I can't wait for it to get published, hopefully next month. And it is, it's a book that is, instead of chapters, I use steps. And so it's step by step by step. And the steps follow the sales process because just as the recruiting process mirrors the sales process, the career search also mirrors the sales process. Interesting. And, and so that's the reason I wrote the book because most people aren't aware of that. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I know when I first heard it, I, I, I don't think I, I'm pretty good at putting different ideas together, uh, but neither of those are really within my wheelhouse. So I never would have put it together, but it was really, really interesting to see how you did it and how well it parallels. And, and I do love the fact that, um, you know, for your book, you have focused on that over 50 population because there is, 
you know, there, we know there is discrimination, age discrimination, even if it's not intentional, you know, it, it is, uh, it comes up in a lot of ways. And so I think supporting that group, uh, is a really great idea. Um, and I too look forward to that book coming out, you know, for that reason, uh, too. So great. So as we wind up, Bill, I'd like to ask you, uh, two last questions that I always ask every guest. So the first one is where, um, I'm sorry, if you were to put together a, uh, a message, if you put together, put a message on a billboard, that would be um, something you would want people to think about uh, regularly, like stay top of mind, if you will, something that you have really learned through your many, many decades, right, your, your years of experience, what would you put on that billboard? Sleep drives performance. Oh, you know, you're, you're, you're sing, preaching to the choir on that one. Absolutely. Uh, I always talk about, you know, a high performance uh, sleep drives high performance days. So I'm totally on board with that. Uh, what makes you, um, you know, like that as your billboard? Well, because that's the way I am. You know, if, if I get a good night's sleep, I'm often running that morning. Mm-hmm. But if I have a rough night's sleep, then sometimes, well, you know, a nice thing about being um, an independent, I can sometimes cover some of that time sleeping in the morning as opposed yeah. to if somebody has to be driving an hour to go to work. Right, <laughs> right, right. Absolutely. Um, so uh, for me, it's still, it, it still drives home performance, so my sleep does. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as I said, I couldn't agree more. I think the funny thing, and this is really a big goal of the counterfeit sleep podcast is that lots of people are getting the opposite of high performance sleep. They're getting counterfeit sleep and yet they don't realize it. And and I can say this with authority because I did it for over four decades. I, I, you know, and, and it wasn't a quantity issue. I was getting eight hours of sleep a night and I would wake up feeling great, but sometime in the middle of the day, I needed that nap. And then of course, you know, as, as I got older and responsibilities at work and home recre- increased, then it was not only the nap, but some caffeine. And, and ultimately I took up rock climbing because I just needed the adrenaline to keep going. And all the while, I never once thought that it could be related to my sleep. And so, um, you know, I, I, I love that billboard because I think it can get people thinking about sleep in general and then hopefully get people thinking about, hey, maybe there's more uh, that my sleep could be doing for me. Maybe I could be getting high performance sleep to drive that high performance. So I think that's great. Um, so tell me then last question, Bill, where would people uh, connect with you? Where can they reach you? I'm very easy to find. I'm recruiterguy.com. And if you're looking for a job, I'm recruiterguy.jobs. Oh, really? Yes. Ah, okay. And if you are um, looking for any connection with me, the best way is to recruiterguy.com. I'm also on Twitter at recruiterguy81 because 81 is when I started being a recruiter. Uh Ah, okay. And LinkedIn, I'm really easy to find www.linkedin.com slash in slash recruiter guy. 
All right. We got that recruiter guy theme throughout. Perfect. So I will put all those in the show notes then to make it easier for people to connect. And Bill, I thank you so much for coming on and sharing your whole real novel uh, idea around thinking of it not as talent acquisition, but as talent attraction, because I think that's a really great mind shift. And then, of course, I love the way you equate sleep and performance because that speaks to me, too. (laughs) Thank you so much, Bill. I love your counterfeit sleep, too. That's so cool. I love that. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Thanks, Darren. A high-performance workforce starts with high-performance sleep. Do you know how your workforce measures up? Find out today. Take the Sleep Performance Assessment. Learn more at hypersleep.com. That's H-I-P-E-R sleep.com. That ends this episode of the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast, where we help you answer today's most important health and wellness question. Is your sleep making you tired? Follow us to get the stories the science, and the solutions to help you take your counterfeit sleep journey. And leave us a review to help other people find us. Thank you. And remember, if your sleep is making you tired, it's time to change that and get back to being you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.